Hi everyone, welcome to the Superhuman Switch, a mind, body, business empowered podcast of high achievers guaranteed to switch your superhuman levels on. I'm your host, Safwan. You can call me Saf. <laughs> Today I'm joined with Dr. Sarah Lajnef. Al Ajnaf, you said you're going to say it in Arabic, no? <laughs> Al Ajnaf. Sarah Al Ajnaf. We had a nice debate before, before we start about the family names, if we need to, to, to mention it in English or in Arabic. But, We're uh, Arabs, <laughs> yeah. uh, we should be proud of our let's, language. Let's do that. And you know, uh, we, we want to, to, uh, to, to kick it on with, the, with, the, with Arabic. But uh, it's a pleasure to have you, Sarah. Thank you, and, uh, Saf. That, yeah. <laughs> but first of all, uh, tell me about the, the, the tan, because... Uh, it's How a, do, you, do you like my tan? <laughs> <laughs> it's a burn, it's not a it's tan a, anymore. When, when I open the door, like, uh, okay, something wrong, because only your face, the funny part, like... Uh, yeah, because I was wearing a wetsuit. <laughs> oh, okay. So th- first, tell me about this, uh, because I've been following your story. Okay. And uh, there was an, an interesting, I would say, swim around Abu Dhabi. Yes, yeah. So... First, let's start with this one. Uh, but uh, before we start, actually, I would love to, to, to introduce it properly because you are an Olympian <laughs> and know. you have uh, Guinness records mm, and uh, you have multiple champions. But yeah, please introduce us uh, to the, introduce yourself to the audience because I'm really excited to hear your story. Well, thank you. Hi, everyone. Assalamu <laughs> uh, alaikum. We're speaking Arabic a little salam. bit. <laughs> uh, so, yes, you want me to introduce myself first? Let's okay. do it. So I'm Sarah Al-Ajnaf, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm Tunisian. I'm 33. I'm proud of my age. Uh, I live in Dubai. I mean, I've been living in Dubai for the past 10 years, almost 10 okay. years in August, inshallah. Uh, I'm a swimmer, a triathlete, a rower. Um, I lived a little bit around the world. Uh, left home when I was very young, at okay. 15. Uh, moved to France and then moved to the U.S. We'll talk about these details, yeah. but it's just like I'm giving you a brief now. Uh, did the Olympics in 2012 in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the first Tunisian to qualify, first Tunisian swimmer, nice. female swimmer to qualify for the Olympics. Um, I'm a master world champion 2015, one gold and three silver, and 2019, four gold and one bronze. Uh, and then what else? Uh, rowing, I mean, I'm, I've been rowing for... The past five years, a little bit like on and off, but this okay. season we went back because during COVID it was a little bit of a mess. Uh, but now I'm back into it and I'm, I'm rowing for a, for a local club here, uh, enjoying it, loving rowing, uh, loving my swimming. I mean, it's it's my life. Um, what else? Uh, I don't know. A, a lot a, of a lot of other things, but you, you know, have I a Wikipedia can't. page. So, <laughs> so Google her name, you'll find. <laughs> well, I'm an African champion, Arab champion. Uh, what else? Um, junior Mediterranean champion. All of those in swimming because I've been swimming since I'm five years old, and yeah. uh, I did quite a long career with the Tunisian national team, and then I continued when I moved here to the UAE too. Uh, and that's how I got into triathlon, yeah. and that's how I got into rowing too. So, uh, but yeah, a, a lot of small titles and big titles, but the, the most important ones are really the Olympics and the World Championships. But they are all achievements that uh, they are beyond. When I look, Alhamdulillah. I did a little bit of research, of course. Is that okay? I don't know from where to start. <laughs> uh, that's why when I shared with you the brief, like okay, it's it's, it's unfair. <laughs> have a lot of details. Yeah, we would spend the whole <laughs> podcast talking about like the, the achievements. But Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, I'm really proud of everything that I've done. Uh, you know, sometimes you forget. You forget mm. about the things you do. 
unless you go and read them like sometimes people just tell me things that I've done and I forgot about them yeah. uh, and it makes me happy it makes me proud that people know my achievements too and it's not only because those are achievements or personal achievements but it's really like to to inspire other people to just push other people to do things that they think they they can't do mm -hmm. so it's it's really all about inspiring and motivating people to just push their limits because we we have no limits as humans Subhanallah, yani, alhamdulillah, and God created us in a way that you, you never know your limit. Like you, ha you think you have a limit and then you try to push it a little bit and you can pass it and you can pass it and you can do things that you never thought you could do yeah. unless you try it. So, um, yeah. I love this. Uh, take us back to... To, this, to my face. To <laughs> <laughs> okay, to the face first before, before we go back to the childhood. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. But yeah, the face. Let's talk yeah, about briefly face. about the face. So I'm burned today. Uh, I'm, I'm straight out of the water like a fish. He took me out of the water right away. Um, so we did a swim around. So it was a challenge that has been in the making for, for a, a lot, like for a couple of months now. Okay. Um, it was, uh, so it's called Swim 62 AE. It's a swim around uh, the, the island of Abu Dhabi. It's a 62 kilometers around Abu Dhabi. Okay. It involved um, a couple of different groups mm -hmm. that has been part of this big challenge. The point of this challenge is really to bring awareness on water safety and wildlife in the water and in inclusivity of different group of people that are living in, in the UAE. Um, so my part in that swim was uh, to lead the female group. We were six female. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was um, in the water with the group that has been like the, the main group that is swimming the, the 62 kilometers. Okay. And then I was uh, just pretty much supporting and leading the female group. So I was in the water for uh, three and a half hours, the whole three and a half hours. In the middle from, of the day. <laughs> in the middle from 10.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, we had a portion to swim with the main group of swimmers. Um, so we were six females. I was always on the time, I mean, in the water for, for three and a half hours. And the females were, were changing every time and resting uh, because they had different levels. Yeah. Um, so I was there really mainly for, for safety and for just supporting uh, that, that female group and the, the group as a whole. So it was really a nice swim. It was a, <laughs> it, it was a change for me okay. because usually as a swimmer, as a competitive swimmer, uh, it's always about going fast and uh, going against the time. But mm. this one was not really about that. It was really about supporting each other, staying with the group, uh, swimming in, in the same pace, even if it was like a lower pace than what I'm used to. But uh, but it was really important to just be in a group and supporting each other and being together there. Um, and it was a different experience. But honestly, I learned a lot from it. Okay. And I feel like now I can do so many other things that uh, I wasn't thinking about before that I didn't think were probably possible like and doable but now that I've seen this uh, swim 62 I'm like oh my god uh, a lot of things now just line up and can be done so uh I so hopefully it. it's every yeah. experience i think it put us in the total different definitely trajectory. definitely especially if you see people who are not comfortable in the water mm. and pushing their limits and yeah. going beyond what they think they can do and then you'll be like oh my god this is amazing you know i i was there to inspire and to be inspired and, and that's what happened yeah. uh it's just it, it was really 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 nice and being involved with a big group 
uh, we had a group from the Abu Dhabi police, a group from the military, Al Jasmi brothers, um, so and uh, other like international swimmers. So uh, it was really nice. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they're gonna be like, if if you follow the, the page is called Swim sixty two AE. So the, there's like all the results are there. Everything that happened during two days uh, on the seventh and eighth of March, mm-hmm. everything is on that page, and uh, people can follow it, can see it. it. So uh, so yeah, it's it's for a good cause, you mm. know. It's always nice and very very good when you're doing something for for a bigger cause, for yeah. something that is bigger than yourself, bigger than what you've been doing, bigger than anything that you've done. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and, and that's the most important, is really to speak about a cause and to try to put light on, on that. Yeah. So, yeah. Shout out for all the swimmers who took part in this. I oh my God, yeah. I'm, I'm so proud of everyone. So proud because I know all these different groups. Mm-hmm. I worked with them because, I mean, I was part of the Abu Dhabi police team mm-hmm. as the female team uh, because I work with, with Abu Dhabi as a, like an external consultant. Yeah. So I was part of that team. And everyone that was in that team, they're like national team swimmers. They're all athletes. The, the military team also is the same. So it's, it's so nice to see everyone come together from different backgrounds, from different entities to just go and do something for, for a good cause. Um, inspirational. Okay, uh, take us back to the That's, young Sarah. Okay, so, 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 <laughs> does that the burn? It's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> going to swim now. It's like, it's okay. It's like, I'm going to, to the sea. Honestly, someone, when I looked at my face, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I wanted to be tan, but not burn because it hurts. It, it hurts, really, it, like, imagine. it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so, the young Sarah. Young uh, Sarah. What, what put you in this space of sport? I'm interested um, to know. Okay, uh, many things, I think. Uh, I mean, since very young, um, I have two brothers, Usama and Hamza. Usama is older than me. He's two years older and Hamza is four years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think my family is an athlete family. Both my parents are military officers. Uh, my mom was a runner. Both? Both, yes. Okay. My mom was a runner. Imagine the house. <laughs> you can imagine the discipline. But everyone... <laughs> <laughs> when I say my parents are like in the military, I mean, it, it was not, it was a normal family. Like we, I had a lot of love, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. I mean, we had a lot of like love in the family. And I mean, we were expressing ourselves. It was not the military Amazing. system inside the house, okay. you know. It's so. a joke usually, but... Uh. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, so, so they're both like officers. So I mean, sport was part of their like daily routine, let's say. But my mom was a runner. Uh, she she ran like she was in the national team for for uh, for a while and okay. then when she she joined the military she was just like running marathon with the, the full combat and with the, with the weapons and I saw my mom doing that you know since a very young age and then my dad was a diver mm-hmm. uh, so military diver and uh, he was also he was doing like uh, the parachutist yes. I don't know what is yeah. that <laughs> called really Paratroopers. <laughs> yeah and yeah. Uh, so yeah and he was a swimmer too so um, so th- we were into sports since a very young age like my parents made sure that we get into sports from a very young age and then my older brother um, he had asthma when he was young so the doctor said I mean I always say this story and he calls me after every interview he's like okay everyone knows that I've been asthmatic and I had asthma but I'm like this is a good thing you're not you're, you know you're you're not, a good asthma story we feel you're sorry for you anymore. not really you're a champ but, uh, but yeah so like doctors told my mom to just take us to swimming because it's good for the lungs okay. it's good for that uh, so and I was two years younger than him so they took me along when I was young, I, I didn't like 
doing anything except jumping in the water, in and out of the water. So whenever the coach says kicking, I'm like, I start crying. And I was very little. I was like four, <laughs> I think, when they first threw me in the water. Okay. And I just like jumping like every kid, you know. Okay. So, uh, but then I just fell in love with, with swimming. I mean, it, it was really a love since a very young age. Because, and I started being very good compared to my age, started competing very young. Um, I even wanted to do other sports. I was really a big fan of basketball, Okay. but uh, but I couldn't because I was already into competition and swimming, so mm. I couldn't do both. Like yeah. my older brother started handball while he was doing swimming because swimming for him was just like a, a treatment, kind oh, of. Yeah. Uh, but he was more in love with, like, with, with handball. And then he actually continued into handball. He got into the national team and he did a career in handball and he's still a handball player until today. Wow. Um, but then he stopped swimming when he started feeling better. Okay. For me, it was a different story. I started competing, I started winning. And then I was like, oh my God, I love this, you know? Even though I, I specialized in brushstroke since a very young age, and I hated everything else, okay. <laughs> but um, but it, it was just like it was from there. It, it's just it's just uh, it's just it, it was just like part of your it, it, it became a... part of my life and an essential part of my life. Like I, I tried to stop swimming a couple of times, many times, but it but didn't why work. Why did you try? Uh, I tried in two thousand thirteen, mm-hmm. two thousand fourteen. Okay. End of two thousand fourteen, I stopped for like six months or even a little bit more. Uh, and then I, I went straight back into it. Uh, and yeah, so it's like, and it's been on and off for, for a, a couple of years, but I, it, I always go back. I, it, it's always something pulls me back to it. Yeah. Um, it. It was like at different parts of my life, swimming was meaning a different thing. Uh, some, like, I mean, at the beginning it was, it was a, it was part of my life. It was a, it was a hobby, and then it became a passion, and then it became something really essential because I was sent to France from a very young age because I was a good swimmer, because okay. I performed, <clears throat> sorry, at my age, so at 15 years old, when I finished middle school, uh, the federation and the ministry proposed to my parents to send me to France to continue swimming at a higher level. Okay. And then my parents were like, okay, if you want, you can go. We're not going to keep you here. Mm-hmm. And imagine for a family, like the only girl, and I was spoiled, like to, okay. to say the least. I mean, <laughs> I never did anything by myself. But then I'm like, I wanted to go and I wanted to try that experience. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? And until today, I don't know how I did that. I, I don't know how at like I wasn't even 15. Like my birthday is in September and I moved there like beginning of September. Okay. So um, and I just found myself by myself, like just in the middle of a country that I've never traveled to. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I mean, I knew the language, but I mean, I didn't speak speak French fluently at that point because we just study French. I mean, Tunisia is like a, is a French speaking country, but we learn it at school as normal. You know, Arabic was our first language. And Mm. until then, everything was taught in Arabic. Like I, math, physics, everything, science, everything. So Mm. I go there, I'm like, oh my God. How am I going to do different this? Different culture, different language. Different everything. And I mean, oh my God. And my dad took me to, to that trip. My mom didn't want to go. She was like, if I go, I'll bring you back. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, what you're saying, like, imagine if uh, yeah. I do this with my daughter, like, I'm, I highly doubt. Yeah, so. and, and I was very attached to my parents. And I mean, I was like their only daughter. I was the princess of the house. And yeah. then 
my dad goes with me. He stayed with me for three days. Like, he still says it until today. He was like, from the day he was traveling, since he woke up in the morning, he said, I prayed, and then I waited for you till you wake up, and then he was crying the whole day until he got to Tunisia. And then he was like, I'm on the plane, saying, how did you that to, how did, how could you do that to your daughter? Like, how can you leave your heart and just wow. go back and yeah. go, you know? And for me, I was, I don't know how I got the strength that day when my dad was just like saying bye and leaving. I just, I was in class. I was, he came to see me like in lunch break. So I just kissed him, I hugged him and I turned around and I left. And I was with like a couple of friends and I just left. I, I didn't want to have any emotions. I didn't want to have, like, I didn't want to show anything. And I don't know how I got that strength. And then he left and I went back to class. I finished my day. But then, Saf, you, like, you cannot imagine, I was crying every night. I would cry every night. I was so homesick. Like, I've never done that before. Yeah. Like, I, I just traveled for competitions, like a couple of competitions. We, we just started traveling when I was 13, when I joined, like, high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've never been away from my parents for that long. And then when they called me, I just... I just dry my eyes and then I'm like, I, I start laughing and I'm be like, I'm fine, I'm okay, everything is good, everything is cool, it's, it's, it's amazing here, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But I was, I was not okay. I was not. And then I made it even harder for myself because I was living in a, like, internat. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but the problem with that internat is that I, um, I couldn't train in the morning. And I mean, in Tunisia, I was training morning and afternoon at that yeah, point. For longer the schedule, yeah. Exactly. Because, and we were kids. Like, they, they said, if you're a minor, you cannot just leave in the morning and do whatever you want. So I was like, okay, I'm not staying here. I'm not staying in, in this dormitory. Uh, I'm just going to move out and live by myself. So I can train how, in the morning. How, how old are you? I was still 15. It was oh a couple God, of so months <laughs> after I moved. Okay. And I took that decision. I called my parents. I'm like, listen, this is not going to work because I'm under training now. I'm not getting better. Yeah. I'm just like, it's it's not going to work. So, so I need to progress. I need to move out. So they moved me into like a, a sports center kind of. It was like a hotel, but it was for athletes. Okay. Um, but the center was closing in the weekend. So they would close the center from the outside and leave me inside because that was the only solution to, to do that. And then I had like, I would leave from like the side door to go. And the only restaurant that was open in the weekend, like in the place that I was living at is the McDonald's. <laughs> oh my God. After, after like, after I moved from, from that town, I never ate McDonald's for like probably like 10 years because I was so like done with like salads and, and I was just eating salads. I couldn't eat burgers yeah. all the time. <laughs> but, uh, but it was, it was, you know, it was amazing. That's why I always say, whatever you live, don't regret anything you lived or you've been through or it's all experiences. It makes you who you are today and it mm. makes you the person you are. So whether it's a good experience or a bad experience or a mix of both, just take it and and just learn from it. Mm. Learn what you can learn from it. If it's a mistake, don't make it again. But if it's a good thing, just take it and, and, and move forward and use it for, for like for, for your good. So, uh, so yeah, it, it was a good experience, but I didn't progress for it. Like I stayed in that 
town for two years. It was on the German border. It's called yeah. Mulhouse. Mm-hmm. So it's in the Alsace region. Okay. Um, but uh, it was for, for two years. I didn't really like it because I, I was training with older people, very like much older than me. They were oh, in the national, athlete, they, were, yeah. they were in the elite national French team. That's a good thing. Uh, it, it is a good thing. But for me, like the 15 year old young girl, I needed more attention. I mm. needed a different kind of like uh, a different kind of training and that thing was because so my parents didn't know where to send me and the federation didn't have the experience to choose the right place for me so they said because in france the system is you have a pole espoir and you have a pole france um so they said okay we're gonna send you to a pole france maybe it's better than a pole espoir but at my age i should have been in a pole espoir in in the first place which is uh, which is like it's junior and then you have the senior so they sent me directly to a senior which was not the, a good thing for me because I was training with very fast people and I was still young mm. so um, a lot of pressure on you regardless it did it did and I mean the coach cannot take care of a 15 year old and he has like world champions and French and European national champions and they were like yeah they, they were older than me so they were done with high school they were okay. like in university um, so what did I do what would you think Sarah did after two years and not satisfied with uh, what she was doing? She left. She did. <laughs> I was like, she she decided to leave. Somewhere else. To move somewhere else. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I just moved from the east to the extreme west, to Brittany. It's oh. in Bretagne, okay. Brest. Uh-huh. Uh, the city is called Brest. It's, it's really like the last point in France before the UK. Okay. Um, and uh, I mean, I did my research. At that point, I started to know the okay. centers in France and I did my research. Um, but that summer, when I decided to move, I didn't tell anyone, but I went home for, for the summer holidays. And then I started making phone calls. To France, I, I would close the door in my parents' room and I start making phone calls to to different training centers. You built up confidence and like, okay, and I can manage it. Exactly, and I mean because I knew no one was gonna help me okay. and no one had the experience. Like my parents didn't know, mm-hmm. and the federation for them. I needed to perform like I needed to perform in that center yeah. and for them it was no and, and they didn't know either you know so I needed to take care of that mm-hmm. by myself for myself to actually do better so yeah I would go into my parents room I close the door and I start making phone calls and at some point my mom heard felt she she came into the room she was like what are you doing mm-hmm. I'm like uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find another training center. She's like, no, you're not. You're staying where you're at. You need to get better there. Mm. I'm like, no, I'm not going to get better there. I need to move from there. And she's like, no, you're not. I'm like, okay, either I move or I stop swimming. You choose. And it it was like, it was a a big fight with my mom at some point. And my mom doesn't remember it. When I remind her now, she's like, really? Did you do that? Did I say this? It's big for you, not big for her, obviously. (laughs) No. So, uh, yeah, I mean, my mom has been through a lot. She's not going to remember that, you know, (laughs) for me. I'm I'm a kid. I I remembered that because it was a big fight with my mom. And I, you know, as much as swimming means to me, I was ready to stop if she wouldn't let me move. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, at, uh, at some point, a coach answered me and he's like, yeah, Sarah, yes. And they actually wanted me to come with them two years ago and uh, the Federation didn't send me and okay. they were really wanting me when they saw my times and they saw my performance and they wanted me. So I was like, okay, never. <laughs> I mean, it's never too late. It's, it's better now than, than never, you know. 
So I went back to Mulhouse, packed my bags, went to Strasbourg, took the train and crossed the whole country and moved to Brest. I found the coach waiting for me. Everyone was like, Bouche as we say in, in French. Yeah, in it's France. like, they were just looking, what are you doing? Like, why and how? And like, how come? Yeah. I was like, no, you, you will see. Just just wait. I'm going to be good. But you found your element there. You found yourself. I, I moved and it was the best move I've done in, in my career okay. so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, the, the coach was, I mean, I clicked with my coach. He was he was a young coach. Mm-hmm. He was just 10 years older than me. He was like a, he was um, I think a silver medalist at the Olympics. Um, he was in the national team. He just stopped swimming like a little while ago, okay. and we clicked. Like he understood how I functioned. I understood like what he he right. exactly what he needed from me, and I mean we had ups and downs, and he was really like pushing me, because. At, at that point, I needed someone to really believe in me and push me and say that, like, even if I think things I cannot do, he would, like, make me do them. And he did that. Like, Joanne was really one of the best coach in, in my life. And I am I will always be, like, it, it's just he's, he's a special person in my yeah. life because he really did things and he helped me get to things that I wouldn't think like I, I would have done without I him. I love the fact that you figured out your path yeah. and you found yourself in that. Yeah, yeah. That and, and you know, like at that young age, it's just like, it's not an easy thing to do. It's like not... like in the teens. Like yeah, still. yeah. And you know, yeah, when, when I look now and I see like kids, like when they're 15 or 16, what, what they do or what like, I mean, and their, you know, their interest, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't have that. You know, I didn't have that luxury of thinking of those things or I needed to take care of myself. I didn't sure. have anyone to take care of me. And you know, at that young age, you go into a, like a, a different country, you're living on your own. You could go rogue. You you could go Absolutely. the completely opposite yeah. way and, yeah. and no one knows. Saf, I used to like call my mom to go out with my friends. I would call my mom and be like, mom, I'm going out. It's not because I had to or I needed to. But it was, that's that's my upbringing. That's how they taught me. And yeah. alhamdulillah, I mean, I had the best education. Like, it, it's just, even if I didn't live with my parents for, for that long, it was just only 15 years. Mm-hmm. Not like, I mean, normal kids that stay with their parents for longer, wow, you know? Wow, 15 years. <laughs> exactly. So, so the principles and the values, you carry exactly. them all together. Yeah, alhamdulillah. So yeah. I'm always thankful and recognizable. And I always say alhamdulillah because honestly, what I had from from my parents and and that like base that they gave me it is just it's I'm taking it. It's the, that imagine. foundation. I'm taking it with me and yeah. and it's it's uh, it's taking me places. So. But what I really loved about this is like when you were 15 years old, which is like still young, in a totally different environment. But it seems that because of these values and principles, they uh, they were really the foundation to take the right decision. Yeah. And on top of that, of course, you are in the trajectory to become an athlete, so you already have this mindset. And yeah. Not to mess around, and you're passionate about the sport. So you moved, and then after that, you started to compete on official level, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I was competing uh, internationally ah, okay. since before, During because that, that, like, we started, like, we started compete for the national team when we were 13. Like, when mm-hmm. we finish primary school, and we move, we have something in Tunisia called Lycée Sportif. It's, mm. uh, it's for athletes. It's a, it's a lycée for, for athletes. For, for it's, athletes the highest lo- it's a high school for athletes. Okay. So it's really the elite of the country in individual sports. They mm. move to that uh, high school because our times are arranged. Yeah. So we train in the morning, we study during the day, and then we train in the afternoon. And okay. it's, everything is made for athletes. It's like a, it's an elite center in Tunisia. Mm. 
Um, but then when I, so I finished the first three years in there, which is middle school. And then I finished 9e and I moved to France. So since I, since I like, I started in the seventh year, which is 7e année primaire, Uh, middle school I started competing internationally okay. but it was just like you know it was junior Mediterranean championships uh, it was Arab championships like age group Arab championships mm. um, but then when I moved to Brest uh, in 2007 and 2008 that was the first time I start so I start I mean I was competing in France uh, and then those two years were, were the best two years like really because Again, I had a breakthrough during those two years. So until then, I was I was good, but I was not as good as I wanted to be. Yeah. But when I started training with with Joanne and and Brest, um, so I did uh, 2008 was the Olympic year. Okay. Uh, I was not. I mean, I mean, until then, I was not thinking about the Olympics. I was still studying. I mean, I was I was a kid in high school and just going through high school and doing my life. Yeah. Um, but then that year I started doing performance, like really good performances because I had a good cycle with that coach. So I qualified for short course world championships. It was my first qualification for world championships okay. in 2008. So it was in March, 2008, it was in Manchester. So I traveled to Manchester. I was, it was out of this world, like that experience for me. I was like, oh my God, I'm at world championships. It's a bigger you know? stage. It is. It's a huge like move from there, you know? Um, and I, I broke my records. I broke Tunisian records in that competition. Nice. I, I was competing against the best of the best in the world in short course, like 25 meters. So, and then right after that, I had, um, I had French nationals. Mm -hmm. So I had to like, from Manchester, I flew to Barcelona. We had a training camp and then we had French nationals in the south of France. And in that competition, I did, so I was a breaststroker, as I told you. Yeah. So I swim breaststroke and I am. I swam the 200 breaststroke. I broke the Tunisian record by like 10 seconds. And I got really close to the... Olymp and that yes. range, I think it's that's, big. That's really big. That's yeah. a lot. Like 10 seconds, I mean, people go down by like two seconds, one second, three Marginal. seconds. Yeah, but 10 seconds, it was like, wow. Mm. So, because I was on, on like uh, going, like it's just, I was just moving Flowing. forward. Yeah. So, um, and I was, so I was sixth overall in the national, in the French national championship. Mm -hmm. And I was, but I couldn't qualify to the finals because uh, they have a rule in France that only two uh, international athletes can qualify. So okay. they give chance for French people to, to, to swim in the finals. Okay. Uh, and I was the third international. Mm. So, and I did, I remember I did 234 and the, the Olympic qualification was 233. I got one really second. close. It was one second, one second from the Olympic qualification time. And until then, I was not like, you know, it was, I was at 243 before. It was too far. Like, I was not even thinking yeah, about yeah. that. And then, and I was out of that world. When I touched the wall and I look at my time, I'm like, oh my God, no one was believing. There was a girl who used to train with me in Mulhouse. She looked and she didn't believe. Like, she's way older than me. I was like 17 at that point, And okay. she was like 26, 27. And she was like, no, that's not okay. Like my, my friend from the other team, she came to me, she's like, you know, she didn't believe that you did that because I beat her. Wow. And, and you know, like I was top six and it was like three international athletes. So in, in France, I was like, I had the third time in France. So, Amazing. 
and I'm like, oh my God, like, and I went and I hugged you and I'm like, oh my God, we did it, we did this. And we could, both of us couldn't believe that because exactly. now this is what we're working for. This is what we have been working for, for, for that time. Yeah. And then, so we do that. And then French junior nationals were like a month later and like, I mean, no surprise, surprise. It's not my, my yeah. group. <laughs> I won the national, the French National Junior Championships. Yeah. So I came first in the 200 breaststroke. I came second in the 200 IM. And I did I did really good. But then, so I was really training. But, you know, like, it's just the Olympics were still, like, something that I was not really thinking about. Yeah. It's Even if I got really close. But I was in my last year of high school, too. I was in Terminal. Yeah. So I had to really balance between those two. And, uh, and yeah, and I did another thing in education too, you know, like I never leave things normal. <laughs> Obviously, I'm, I'm trying to see what, what, what did you do with your education? <laughs> so with my education, so, you know, I moved from Mulhouse to Brest, okay? Yeah. And I did my second and uh, so I did my second in, in, in Mulhouse mm -hmm. because I did two years. So I did troisième and second in Mulhouse. And when I moved, I only had two years left in high school. Okay. So I had première and terminal. So you do a second general in, in France, in the French system, you do, it's, it's, it's like it's a general, it's a scientific one. Mm. And then you choose. Scientific, so, <laughs> so it's like you go scientific or literature or ES, which is economic and social. Mm -hmm. So for me, I did a première S. Okay, S, okay. which is scientific. So you have physics, you have uh, biology. you have biology, and you have mathematics. Okay. I loved math. I it's just like I was so good at math. I felt miserably <laughs> in the three of them. Please carry on. <laughs> so, so that premiere when I did it, Should I didn't like. <laughs> I didn't like it. So that's the thing. I didn't like the premiere that I did. I hated physics, and I hated. I mean, I liked chemistry, but I hated physics. Okay. I didn't. It didn't go. And you know, it was also hard for me because I did everything in Arabic in Tunisia, and then mm. I only had like the transfer for like two years to move everything to French. We used to write like right to left, and yeah. now I had to write like in physics and math and everything left to right. So yeah. yeah, but I was always a good student, and I, you know, I. I wanted to be a good student. So for me, it was not like I, I couldn't Choice. just, yeah, I couldn't just like give up on, on my education. And I, I loved it. I mean, it's one thing that I love is my education. Mm -hmm. So so what to do, Sarah? What, now, I'm interested to see. Okay, you love <laughs> what, swimming what? and you love education. <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting a lucky. <laughs> <laughs> what can we do? So we didn't like première. What to do? I had two choices. So if I wanted to move... To another, uh, like another branch, either literate, like literaire mm -hmm. or economic and social, I had to repeat the year. I had uh, to to go again whole, and premiere. Exactly, the whole curriculum mm. is different. I, I didn't want to repeat the year, <laughs> so what do I do? Yeah. I go to the like to the head of the school, okay, okay? <laughs> and I I get an appointment with her. I sit with her. I'm like, okay, now I'm I'm gonna be like. Uh, we're we're going to put exactly open. Yeah. I don't want to repeat the year. I'm going to go. You're going to get me into Terminal. You're going to let me do it. A terminal ES, which is economic and social. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do specialty math. So we're dropping. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a spin math. So we drop the physics and the, and the biology. And then but I, there is a, a new one, which is... Uh, so we had economy. We study economy and sociology. So there were like two things They're that I didn't math. do in première. Yeah. And I'm like way behind in that. And the French... 
so the French language, I mean French, is, is completely different between mm. ES and S because the scientific people, they're not really, they don't focus a lot on, on that. Quotient so it, exactly, it's a, they, they do less. So the economic and social, they do more of the French literature and the French. And philosophy was different too, but I was like, no. So please, let me do that, terminal, give me one trimester, because in high school, it's a trimester system. Mm. So I'm like, give me one trimester. If I don't prove myself, take me back to première. But please give me that chance to prove myself and to show you that I can do a terminal ES, even if I did the première S. <laughs> and you nailed it, obviously. <laughs> I like, did. Yeah, like, uh, I did. I didn't repeat the year. Yeah. I was first in my class. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Even yeah. And I did spay math. And you know, like in, in the, at the end of high school, like in Terminal, I had 19 and a half out of 20 in, in the math exam, Amazing. in the last math exam, because I loved math. And it was like, I, I understood it and I loved it. And then, so I had like, I think... Like my total at the end of high school, and I was in Tunisia, like my friend called me from, and you know, you, they put everything on a board and you have to go. It's, it's really like, it's a, it's a different experience, you yeah. know? So my friend calls me and she's like, Sarah, you're accepted. I'm like, okay, I know I'm accepted. I know I passed, but tell me like, how, what, what was my score? Yeah. And I think I had like, mention très bien. In, in yeah, high school, I, I think that's like 15 or 16 out of 20. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, and I, I, was, I was in heaven. So. <laughs> so Obviously, so yeah. you, you have this kind of determination and overcoming challenges. Yeah, but sometimes I'm too hard on myself too. And because, Why? you know, I don't like to say I'm an overachiever because that's not, that's not a positive word. That's like a kind of a negative word, I, mm. I feel like. Uh, but I like to do things the right way. I don't like to do things half-ass. Excuse my French, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really like when I get into something, I like to do it right and I like to do it till the end. If I know I'm not gonna be able to do something, like I don't do it in in the first place. I try. Don't get me wrong. Like it's always important to try things because if you don't try, you will never know if you're good at something or not mm -hmm. unless you try it. But When I get into some, something and I put my head into it, I really like to do it the right way and go till the end. Like I, I try to do my best and I try to achieve it as best as I can. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it was obvious when, when you the, the interesting part that when you decide on something, you figure yeah. it out by yourself and you didn't. Of course, you have the support from the family. But yeah. it's, it's, it's obvious that you take things by your hands. But because, you know, and I didn't have my parents with me. Uh, and that's, that's, that's one of the things now, you know, it's, it's hard to actually let go of some things or try to um, have someone's support because I never had that. Like, I had to take care of myself. I had to do things by myself. Uh, like, Sarah was the, the mom, the dad, the athlete, the student, Uh, you know, the, the caretaker for, for Sarah, for myself, but it's, I didn't have a choice. It's, mm. you know, it's not by choice. So now it is a little bit hard for me to, to just let go of things or to just like relax and be like, okay, some, someone like I can like let someone help me or I, I never had that shoulder to lay on. I never had that, you know, mm. so. Uh, is it because you're conditioned this way? Because I, I feel with you, yeah. because you, when you reach a point actually in, in your uprising, especially as a teenager, and you become basically, you're doing things by yeah. yourself. Yeah. You reach a point that 
how come I did not have someone that supports me in the journey, physically, yeah. emotionally, whatever? Yeah. But it, it seems that you are already conditioned this way. I mean, I had to because mm. I didn't have the, the, you know, I didn't have the luxury to, to, to just sit back and Turn wait for someone to, to do it for me. Which is a good so thing at the same time. It is, it is. It's an amazing thing. And that's, I mean, I'm independent now. I, I do things by myself. But sometimes, you know, it's, a, it's nice to have someone with you. Uh, it's, it's nice to, to just, yeah, have someone help out. Mm. Uh, so How are you reflecting on this now? It's like, I'm interested <laughs> to know. In what sense? In, um, in, in every sense. sense. <laughs> in every sense that you think it's, it's viable. No, I, again, like, it's, it's an amazing thing. It's uh, because I, I know I can do things, uh, but, you know, some things cannot be done by one person. You, you cannot do everything by yourself. Uh, so, and, and that's one of the things that could have been different if I had a bigger support system. Um, because at some point when, because all of this, I'm still an amateur athlete. Like I, I was an amateur athlete. I was never a professional athlete. Like I didn't work as an athlete, you know, because here we have a different understanding of professional athletes or like professionalism in sports we don't have it here we really like it's a sad thing but we don't understand it in our region as having an athlete working like that's their office going to training is their office hours but in order to be able to do that you have to have a support system around you you have to have people who just are specialized in doing the other stuff for you Mm. so you're an athlete you only focus on your training on your recovery on eating well, sleeping well, being in the right mindset, but you have to have that big group of people who, like, you have to have an agent to take care of sponsorship, you have to have the nutritionist, you have to have a mental, like, a, a mental, like, um, person, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. A, a mental doctor to a help team, you through that. You have to have a, a physiotherapist, you have to have a doctor, you have to have a coach, like, you know, it's all those things. But here, like, we don't have it. And that's one of the things that... I didn't have and I try now as like an older and a more mature athlete to help younger athletes get that support system because I didn't have it. And I know how much it hurts to not have that because it just restricts you to go beyond Beyond. what you can do. Mm. Like, uh, and that's the difference, like why athletes like, like, I mean, European athletes or American or Australian or like, you know, in other countries, they have that system. They, they have, it's, it's a whole, you know, it's, it's not, it didn't start yesterday. Yeah. It's been there. It's a, it's something that it's, it's natural for them. It, yeah. It's just, it flows. It's a team structure. It, it is. So exactly. So the... they understand it. So at least go very far in their careers mm-hmm. here, like athletes in the region they really we, we really have to work harder to get where we want to to get so um so it's it's um yeah, yeah. It, it is a little bit complicated um, we, ha- we had a discussion last time about yeah. the, the, the differences when it comes to the whole support system but how this emotionally impacted your mental health because with all of this you have achieved wonderful alhamdulillah and i cannot say you're not a high achiever it's, it's unfair to be honest <laughs> Uh, especially that also you have world record, uh, Guinness yeah. record. Yeah. So I know we always celebrate the achievement, but we don't know the, the work behind the it. work behind it and the mental and the physical yeah. effort. Yeah. So take me a little bit about your mental challenge to start with, 
and your training regimen because it seems especially as a swimmer yeah and uh, I'm, i'm curious about any sport swimming is one of them and i know that it requires a lot of effort sometimes it's boring <laughs> it's very boring i yeah, mean well, swimming like... swimming is a really it's it's not about boring but it's a lonely sport mm. it's you know we talked as i told mm. you like you were like yeah that's true actually like true. when you when you say it this way you have your head in the water and you're doing lengths like back and forth back and forth for like two hours two and a half hours and the only time you interact with someone is like when you're stopping at the wall and you talk to your teammates mm. um or like your coach is explaining something or but it's really like when you're actually training and swimming you're just going back and forth and you, you have no idea that, that just like the songs the ideas that come into your head you can like write a whole book <laughs> while you're swimming and you're oh, training yeah. so um it's a tough sport it's really really like a tough sport mentally and not only swimming like sports in general when you're at a certain level when you get to a certain level It's, it's really like it's hard on your mental and it's uh, you, you have to be very strong mentally. That's why athletes are usually very strong mentally. But we go through a lot. We mm. go through a lot of ups and downs. And then you, you see like now, I mean, now because it's in the forefront and athletes are more talking, like talking more, like more about mental health and the importance of mental health. But it's always been there. Mm. I mean, when I tell you when I was very like when I was 15, I was homesick. That's that's mental. When I, I just exactly when I uh, like at least go through depression and it's not like it's not something that everyone talks about or because especially here in our region, it's I mean, even worse here too. It, it is even worse because we have, you know, taboo. we have that we have that uh, that like it's a it's a taboo. It's a story. It's a prejudice that I mean, only crazy people go to mental yeah, doctor or go to like psychologist. It's yeah. a shame. So people don't actually like to talk about it, but it's not true. It's bad. You know, it's really it, bad. it is. So it's not true because to be at that level, you really have to zone out. You have to just be living in a different world than the world that actual like people your age are living in mm. because you have to make a lot of sacrifices and sometimes those sacrifices catch up to you because you know if if you're training and we have a really hard training regiment like when I was at university so in high school I told you like we train in the morning like we yeah. study in like during the day and then we train in the afternoon in college it was even more because sometimes you had training at 4 a.m in the morning Because the coaches wants to break us mentally. Mm. They make us wake up that early in the morning just to, to make a point and to make us stronger too, you know? So sometimes you had to train at 4 a.m. Imagine yourself getting out of your bed. So if you have training at 4 a.m., imagine what time you have to wake up. And we get in that cold water at 4 a.m. in the morning and you just have to do a session as well as you can and as good as you can and then you go you just like change quickly you get breakfast and then you go get your classes you catch the classes and then you have like another training in the afternoon so in, in the U.S. like when when I was in college we used to train from so we had one hour of dry land session from three to four and mm -hmm. then we train from four to six okay and then you go out you have to go and just like catch up with your class and with your schoolwork and then so it, it was it's it's a hard regiment it's like you're in the military you know like and other people they could go out they go out with friends they plan weekends they uh, you know it's it's different you cannot plan ahead because you don't know if you have a competition in the weekend or not True. Uh, you cannot go out because you have to wake up at 4 a.m or mm -hmm. 5 a.m in the morning you like whenever you can rest you just take 
that rest because you don't have the luxury of just or... resting and in, in other times you know yeah, so uh, so we didn't make... have a social life it's, uh, that's that's the, actually yeah. i was going to dive yeah. into this because we're we, we as humans we need the social life at yeah. least to hook this yeah. kind of like emotion release to speak with friends to go out yeah our social life was really between us like it's Only it's a group. small group so because if you're not an athlete you don't understand that you don't understand like now until today i still have like people tell me why are you doing that to yourself so I'm like, I'm not doing this to myself. I'm enjoying it. I mean, now it's it's less. Like, I, I mean, I still have a regiment, but it's not as harsh and it's not as hard as what I used to do in college and in high school. Mm-hmm. But still, people don't understand. Like, I don't have... Like, my, my friend's circle is very limited because of that. I don't like to be blamed. Not, like, because I cannot go out or I cannot plan ahead like a month ahead or two weeks ahead. It's like every week is different for me and mm-hmm. every day is different for me. And sometimes competitions just pop out, you know? Yeah. It's like you like the especially like the planning of the competitions, it depends on what sport you do. Sometimes a week before the coach tells you, Okay, you have a competition this weekend. Okay. And your friends made plans like months ago for that weekend to go out and just so I like at least personally for me I don't like to be blamed and I don't want to go through that like blaming phase of like friends blaming you why are you not going out why are you canceling last minute it's not last minute but it's that's my life that's how things work so that's why like my friend circle is is limited Mm -hmm. I just like I just I have acquaintances but friends real friends it's just a small group of people that actually can understand and even them, they cannot understand it fully because for them, why is Sarah doing that to herself? Why are you keep suffering? Why you keep just torturing your body? <laughs> for what? That's you true. know? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's the feeling only athletes can understand that feeling of satisfaction when you go through hell and just like literally it's, it's hell. And, and then, but when you get to where you want to, and you reach that goal and you achieve that performance, whether it, it doesn't have to be a medal, it doesn't have to be a podium, but even if it's a race that you were training for and planning to go to, and then you do it and you reach that finish line, then the satisfaction and the, the pride and the, the exactly, it's, it's surreal. It's, you cannot explain it with words. It's just a feeling. It. Yeah, I can reflect or a lot of points you just mentioned, but what really draws my attention when it comes to the friends, I wouldn't put that much, maybe it's maturity, but I wouldn't uh, put the pressure uh, to, to get the blame. Uh, this is my lifestyle. Yeah. If you yeah. want to follow it, say, exactly. join me, uh, you're most welcome. You're not, uh, yeah. voila. But some people feel it's rude. You know, like some people take it, take that, it personally. That's the wrong mindset. Exactly, but some people take it personally, so I don't like to be rude like taken as rude i'm not rude but like some people take it as rude or take it as selfish it's not selfish is it, it as you said it is my lifestyle it is the way i live my life i like to do sports instead of going out i like to just go 
like sit by the beach and not do anything and just listen to music instead of just like you know jumping around or doing something you know so you uh, attract your own tribes by the end of the day it needs uh, some effort exactly but i wouldn't put that much of pressure but, but it is hard on relationships too <laughs> yeah i was going to tap into this it's, i know uh, i know you're just burning to talk about <laughs> yeah but, you know, tell me about it <laughs> since you mentioned this like i don't want to tell it but yeah tell me about it i know stuff unless but but, 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 but it, it, it's it's hard Saf. I mean for male athletes it's different it's easier it's definitely much easier for a guy to be an athlete than a woman to be an athlete and not everyone understands that like mm-hmm. I- I've been like I've been hearing and listening to these like phrases or like sentences that people say since I'm 20 I'm 33 now Okay, so since I'm 20, I have people telling me, why are you doing this? Just go get married and get a life. Because for them, sports is not a life. Being an athlete is not a life. Uh, Yeah, uh, it's just you're you're, and then a couple years later, you're too old for this. You're uh, again, go get a life, go get married, go find a husband. So and I still hear that until today. But now, you know, you you just you just uh, develop a kind of like it it just it doesn't it doesn't get it doesn't get there. Like it doesn't get to you anymore. It just hits and bounces back. Mm -hmm. It's like there is like a a wall or like like it's just an invisible wall that that doesn't matter. Like for me, it doesn't affect me anymore as much as it affected me. So imagine it affected me when I was 20, but it doesn't affect me now that I'm 33, even though I'm older, but I'm more mature. I'm more like I'm wiser. I don't like I filter what I hear. I, I, I don't just take everything personally. Okay, they said it. What? Okay, and then what? Like, okay, let them talk. Let them say what they want to say. Everyone is free to express yeah, themselves. Opinions. Exactly. But I do what I feel is good for me and what I think is good for me. Believe so, me, you will um, get better the more you... Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the older you are, the, the, the more just like stable and the more calm you are. So it doesn't affect you as much. But it's sad because mm, people... True. We have those stereotypes and we have those boxes that we put people in. um, And when we cannot just pinpoint and put that person in that box, we feel like something's wrong with them. Mm. Uh, And I'm a mystery to people. I I like being a mystery. I don't know if you saw my last post, but that's what I wrote. It's like really because, I mean, we're in like Women's History Month and we're international (laughs) (laughs) Women's Day. Uh, but really, like, I just want women and female to just be themselves and don't try to, to fit in a box. Don't try to, 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 to just be something that other people want you to be yeah. because it's who you are. If they accept it, good. If they don't accept it, because, you know, you cannot change for someone. And it, it's just change because you want to change. But don't change because someone else wants you to change. Because if you're not convinced with that change, at some point you, you're not gonna keep it. You're you're not. It's it's not gonna relate to you anymore, and you're gonna drop it at some point. So why go through that? And from from the from the beginning, you know. So uh, and yeah, just be different. Be weird. Let them call you weird. Let them call you 
different. Let them call you a mystery or whatever, like any name that they put. I, I like being called like that. Yeah, don't, I, don't worry. Uh, These are attractive attributes. Huh? <laughs> okay. w- weirdness and, and uh, like... Yeah, and, and so, yeah. yeah. And I like... So if people are... Like I have some people that talk to me, like that come up to me. If if they're not shy to say things, they would say it the way they are, and they say, "Yeah, it's just we we don't know how to, you know, how to to just like how to say that, Modulate. like exactly, like how you how to position you or where to position you." Or mm. and some people don't say it, but I see it in their eyes. I see it in their reaction. I see it. So, but I I love it. Like w- when I shock someone, I mean, in a good way. I, I like shocking people because we have to be different. We cannot. It would be so boring if everyone is the same, Sorry and if we system. all are like the same, and we all do the same things, and we think the same way. It would be so boring. Yeah. It, the world the world cannot be like that. I so so be the different. Be the outlier. We need to break yeah. the social conditioning that we are going exactly. Through. Of course, yeah. With with all what's happening now, with the, when it comes to the cultural and social changes. I'm not talking about this extremes, but at least when it comes to the independence, regardless if you are a male or female, yeah. I think this is where we need to break the taboos and the cultural aspect yeah. because it's not giving us the the right environment to excel in certain things, yeah. which is sad. But I think we are moving in the direction. But most importantly, the people that they went on that journey, they mm. need to speak up. Yeah, exactly. And this is what I see you as 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 an, a really good example but we have to have the the, the, the place platform. exactly the platform yeah and this is the beauty of we talked about it that to make sure that we are opening this platform to make sure that the real people talk <laughs> doubling down but the point that you were a teenager yeah you are you left your country you left your family and you've been in a journey and it was impressive because you, you did not divert to negative path. You excelled and you achieved amazing stuff. High achiever. I will, I will give you that. Oh. But what's the best <laughs> advice you can give for a teenager now? As Sarah, that they, she went through that. What's the advice that you can give? Okay, everyone is different. Okay, and what worked for me doesn't have to work for someone else. Um, and what worked for someone else not necessarily would work for me. Mm-hmm. But what I would advise like teenagers now is really to to just find what they like and find themselves in all this noise. Because as you said, like the world is changing, everything is changing, but to to be authentic and to be different is a good thing and to find their like what they like and what they like to do is very important because once you know what you want i mean it's it's very it's um i know it's just like a, a little bit like too high to to say you find what you like as a teenager yeah. but just at least find things that you're interested in and uh, exactly find things you're interested in and try to 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 just like dig deeper in those things that you're interested in and then like your path will just get like i mean will, will just be drawn by by itself if you really have things to do and have like hob- not hobbies but have interests mm. because it's important to have interests like you, you cannot just go with the flow and you cannot just be a teenager and do what teenage kids do you know uh, it's it's good to be a leader mm-hmm. at even at that age uh, even if it's a different definition of of leadership at that see, age yeah. it's it's good to be someone that people actually look up to 
even at that age because you don't have to be an adult you don't have to be have a million titles to be a leader mm -hmm. because you can be a leader even at that young age and if, if you start putting yourself in that position at that age when you grow up it will grow with you um, and uh, yeah I mean I'm, I'm thankful um, I'm very blessed that I have been in that position and I've had I've been through that path that I that I've had mm -hmm. uh, because yeah even if like I mean I I took the decision and my parents gave me the choice if I wanted to go or stay at home, but I wanted to go and I wanted to have that experience and I wanted to, to, to be like to lead that change for for like, I mean, for Arabs, for Tunisians, for like just to say that, I mean, not only boys can leave their houses and, and their homes and what they're comfortable with and go and try to, to find themselves outside of their country. No, even girls can do that. Yeah. And believe me, in, in a Tunisian, even Tunisian society, I mean, they, we, I mean, people always think that Tunisian society is more open than the rest of the Arab world. Yeah. But still, we're, we're a Muslim country, we're an Arab country, we, we still have that Our family. Exactly, the values and an attachment to the family. And alhamdulillah, we have that. I mm. mean, in the Arab, in the whole Arab world, we have that attachment to the family because family values is important. Love it, yes. But just to, to just be taken from that and I mean by choice and go and try to find yourself at that young age, it didn't hurt me. It made me who I am today. It's a and courage. Exactly. And it, it, it really made me who I am today. And I'm so thankful for my parents because that they gave me that choice. Mm. They they gave me that freedom to choose if I wanted to go. So, um, and that on itself is, is really a privilege and it's really a blessing to have my parents, like to have parents like, like my parents. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's really important to, to, to make choices even when you're young at a, at, a, at a different level, at a lower level. But yeah, be, be a leader, be a leader in what you do and with like who you are. Because, uh, yeah, and, and you can lead in different ways, you know, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to be doing crazy yeah. things yeah. or, you know, because it, like each age has its, its own things and it's, uh, it's beauty, mm -hmm. you know, so, so, so exactly, yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, teenagers should just embrace their teenage age mm -hmm. <laughs> and what what i mean with the difficulties and with the good things that come with it too but uh yeah just just be different just very, uh, very yeah. sound advice again it's, <laughs> it's, it's uh, we have some something that i relate to with my teenager but now if you have a bigger platform to voice out this experience but before that, I'll, I'll yeah. go back to because we didn't talk about relationship and I, we, we just said that uh, okay. <laughs> no, but we just said that it's easier for a man yes. to, you know, like it's easier for male athlete than female athlete because we always have that stereotype on female athletes that go get a life and go do like, I mean, go get married because for us, that's the path. Okay. At a certain age, you need to get married and, and you need to have a family. But what I want to say, it's really like this doesn't go against that. You can be an athlete, you can be an amazing athlete and an amazing mom and an amazing like uh, businesswoman. And I mean, they can go together. Like you yeah. just I have don't see to... the conflict. Exactly. Yeah. You just mm -hmm. have to find the balance. You just have to know how to like balance everything in your life. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, getting married doesn't mean that you cannot be an athlete. And we have a lot of female athletes now that show that like every day. And 
that's you know that's the good thing about the the western country is that like in triathlon i'll give you an example in triathlon like a lot of the professional triathletes they're women and they have kids they just stop for like to give birth and True. then they go back and they go back stronger because yeah. now they they just like they want to inspire their kids they want to 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 show their kids that they're they're they, they can be moms but they can also be athletes so the same as you i'm trying to reflect on exactly you exactly. the way you were so, raised yeah so family. why can't we do it like exactly. i mean it's honestly that's that's why we say we need to change the the narrative we need in in our region because yeah we have some given ideas that are not true but because they're consumed that people think that they're the right way to go about things but yeah. no you can be an athlete and you can be married and happily married and your husband have a supportive husband that will support you in your career as true. as he can support you in your business career he can support you in your your athletic career you know i don't see any, so, any point of like conflict in that and exactly of course it's, it's yeah. an outdated way of thinking yeah. and age too age is the other thing it's i mean rowers olympic rowers are 40 years old like you don't get to that high and peak of the level in rowing until the age of 40 so yeah. each sport is different yes for for example swimming is like you get your peak at a younger age okay but then it depends on the sport you go to but here in our region we have a problem with age so especially for women so men they can do whatever they want but until a certain age yeah exactly yeah 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 exactly yeah but then for women it's even worse because sure. for, for them a, a, a woman that is like in her 30s or in her 35s or in her 40s so each age they have like they have a specific box for for each age and you cannot do certain things because you're a certain age no that's not true yeah. that's not true and honestly stuff that's that's why i keep doing what i do i don't do it now for the medals or for the trophies or for the recognition but i do it just to show that it can be done i'm a normal human being i'm a like i don't have I mean, yes, women, we have superpowers. We, we are women. So it's just a superpower to be a woman. <laughs> I'll give you the credit. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it's really, True. if I can do it, anyone can do it because... You have to go through certain steps to get where you want to be. Yeah, and true. anything you put your head into, you can achieve. Like, you have no idea how strong we are as humans. We can do whatever we want, but we just need to work towards it. So age, it's it's nothing. It's just a number. I love this message. Yeah. Again, so just embrace your age and do whatever you want. Yeah. And it's never too late to start anything. And and that's why, like, I started rowing when I was, like, I mean, when I was 28. And I think I told you the story mm -hmm. about rowing. So, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's a lot of inspirational uh, points, I would say, and point of view. If I give you a bigger platform or a place where you can deliver this message, how, how would you take it? Because what you're doing, at, I think, is in a very inspirational way, trying to support the at least the aspired athletes. Yeah. But what do you think that if you have all the resources available, What's the thing that you can do to make sure that we drive this narrative in the right direction? Honestly, okay, so so my like the thing that I really fight for is is uh, female athletes and women empowerment more into like into the sports world and also like sport as a change, like for a change because sport can change lives. And I mean, I I've had it personally, like I had the experience with it. Um, it it really like at some point I was at the lowest points of my life, and I had like the only thing that I had is sport and it got me back on my feet and it got me back just like to fight and to 
to be to, to just be back and and then get like get back onto what I was doing and and just like survive what I was going through um so sport can be that like it's it's not only like sport is not only you, you you just you don't just do sport just to be healthy or it's it's a good thing like you you can do sport to be healthy True. you can do sport at a high level to be like an, an athlete and an elite athlete like you know there are different levels in in sports like elite and then you have age group and then you have just recreational athlete like recreational people who do just sports yeah, as as, as a, a as a community lifestyle. like lifestyle and community <sighs> sports um, but it's not only that. It's not just for the health. It's not just for the performance. It can be life-saving. It can save lives. And um, it can also be change. Like, I mean, it can drive change. So the, really, this is what I want to to put out there, is that sports is more than, than sport. It can be transferable to other uh, to other. Lessons. Just areas to, uh, yeah, it, it can, I mean, now companies see in athletes what they didn't see before and athletes are more hireable now, like a lot of companies hire athletes and there are specific like companies that actually specialize in helping athletes get higher after their career because mm-hmm. now they understood the importance of athletes and the importance of sport into people's life because it teaches you a lot of things Absolutely. and hiring athletes now is in the forefront of big companies. Um, like I mean multinational companies because now they they know that if you hire an athlete you can be sure that that athlete is going to perform in your company and it's going to give you what probably a normal person cannot give or will give it to you like better and in a, in a better way um so and then like again going back to like woman empowerment through sports because it again it can change lives it can and it's it's not about uh like making women do the same things as men. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not a person that really believe in that because a man is a man and a woman is a woman and there are limits to each of the genders. Uh, but it's really, it's more about equal chances and equal opportunities for women. It, it's just give the woman the opportunity to prove herself into sports. We're not saying we want to do the exact same things. We want to say we, we, we're not saying that we want to compete in the same categories as men. Mm-hmm. Like a, a woman has her things and a man has their things. But give her the opportunity. Give her the chance. Give her the chance to prove herself. The opportunity, the platform to prove herself. True. And and you, you will see wonders. Like women can do wonders. And and. It's just, it's good now that the change is happening mm-hmm. and female sports and female empowerment into sports is being at the forefront. But we're, we're still a little bit like, we're not there yet. But it's, it's good that it's happening and it's moving forward. I love it. And, and again, I believe these things will happen driven so. by you. Oh, and again, thank uh, you. you, have, you have, um, again, I will blessed with a lot of like amazing guests coming. And uh, we had this conversation, and some of them, they are athletes with yeah. families. Yeah. And I think this message is really important. Yeah. Not to have this kind of like replica of what's happening in the West, but at least yeah. because we have the capabilities, we have the resources. Yes. But the mindset should be changed. I think. And we are our own. You know, we don't absolutely. have to copy any, any like, as you said, we don't have to copy the West. We don't have to copy anyone. Yeah. We are, and we have our strength too that they don't have. 
and we just need to focus on those strengths we need you you know we have genes you know every sport has like i mean certain nationalities are good at certain sports but you know here we have genes that they don't have in other countries and and, in the whole region in the whole mina region so it's it's uh we we just have to focus on those strengths and to to just be good at what we do and uh, yeah and yeah. I don't know how to end this. I don't want to end it. But uh, <laughs> we can talk, someone. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's, it's uh, of course it's uh, it's really a pleasure to have you here. We had this the uh, catch up on the coffee, and uh, yeah, we back- can't say everything, you know. Yeah, no, but it's, it's this conversation is really inspirational for me, Thank especially you. that I'm a dad of of uh, nine years old lady, and uh, she's uh, she's she's really inspired by it. And I'm blessed because she sees yeah. us as as the parents doing this sport activity and putting us uh, in, in certain challenges, and they are inspired. But I strongly believe uh, sport is is really a condensed version of life. It is. And what you just mentioned about the capability of the athletes in the real life, if you know, it is yeah. real life. Yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. The, the example is really bad. Yeah. I strongly believe in it. It's it's uh, when it comes to the mindset, the physical hardship, and the achievements. Yeah. Don't, doesn't have to be big achievement, yeah. but it is an achievement. Uh, and the stress that you get exposed to put you in any condition True. and you will excel. True. I think this is an amazing summary and uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. It will not be the last. <laughs> and, um, Hopefully not. I wish you all the best. If you Thank have you. the biggest opportunity to speak out more in that, in that direction, you yeah. create your own tribe your people and yeah hopefully your, yeah uh, yeah nice. i mean definitely <laughs> <laughs> honestly i mean you know i'm not wallah saf yani i i just i'm a normal person i, I am people <laughs> i am <laughs> she's a normal amazing person not normal <laughs> no but I, you know like but the the it's it's bad to say but sometimes men uh, are a little bit um how to say um they, they get, they, they don't like to approach strong women. Uh, I don't want to say the word mm, that people mm, say, mm, mm. but uh, but we are very approachable. I mean, I'm not just talking about myself. I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking in general. I'm, uh, they call me alpha man, but I'm, seriously, I'm like... <laughs> and you I know, the, the, they just, it, it's just been proven that yeah. alpha men like alpha women. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> just like it's like... But honestly, it's uh, it's just like sports just makes us like it makes us stronger. And for women, it's it's a uh, it's it's even like more so because it's it it helps us like prove things that probably we couldn't have proven without sports. Absolutely. So, uh, but yeah, it doesn't mean that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm I have my feminine side. I <laughs> you know it's just I'm, I'm a normal person again. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, you know, but, uh, yeah, but, but, but no, yeah. So, um, yeah. And I know you want to know about my future projects, but I'm not going to tell you yes. <laughs> about my future projects. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you, no. you sensed it. Please <laughs> go ahead. No, honestly, you know, I have one thing is that I don't like to talk about my projects until they happen. Okay. Um, so it kind of, uh, you know, there's a hadith that says, um, so, uh, it's, it's good. It's not, we translate it into things are going to be jinxed, but it's, it's not really about that. Mm-hmm. It's really, 
you should let your uh, like your achievements talk about you. You shouldn't talk about your achievements. Um, so we always say actions are louder than than words, uh, and it's true. So um, so it's I I learned to do that, and it it works wonders for me. Uh, and even sometimes I just like I, I like to disappear a little bit and work on what I'm working on and then just come back with what I've achieved, what I've done. It's better than like talking, talking, talking and then not doing or not getting to what I want to do. Um, so uh, but yeah, there are a couple of projects coming uh, soon, inshallah. And uh, yeah, they're definitely uh, it's just, you know, again, what I'm trying to do now, it's really to inspire, to just show people that if you put your head into something and you work towards it, you can achieve it. Um, because when I when I do something or when I start, when I work on a project or I decide to do something, I, I try to do things that I haven't done before yeah. and to just surpass myself and to just show that you really can like pass your limits if, if you really want to. Uh, and that's the most important because it, it is it is applicable in everything in life. Yeah. Uh, I do it through sport because I, I like to do what I love and mm-hmm. to do what I know how to do. But it's to inspire people in different areas is to to just um, talk to people and get to people in, in, in different uh, areas of life. You but uh, but through right sport. It's, it's like I'm, I'm, my mind is blown, actually. Oh, I thank you. But seriously, it's like. But uh, it takes a lot. It takes things, you know, and it takes a lot of preparation. And again, true. it takes sponsorship is one of the most important things that we don't understand here in the region. It's Still, a little bit uh, difficult. Um, especially for for women, honestly, even though brands are really saying, "Oh, we're empowering women. Oh, we're we're you know we're, we we like to to support women," but really, when when it comes to to action and to to putting action into the words, it's it's not yet there. Um, it's CSR more like yeah PR kind of yeah empowering. yeah so uh, the meaning on ground. Exactly, which is which is sad because I mean you know some things cannot be done without sponsorship. Uh, Some some exactly so uh, and and they can be change like they can change the narrative uh, if if they're allowed to. Uh, That's why I will probably just wrap up with that is that I don't want to like say that the best athletes in the world um, they're, they're good. They're amazing mm. and they're good at what they're doing. But it doesn't necessarily mean that there's not others. Uh, but the problem is like they didn't get the resources and they didn't get the opportunities that those athletes got. Equal, equal opportunities. Exactly. So, 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 system as we discussed. Exactly. So, so that's why, honestly, it's one of the missions that I, I love to, to work on and that I'm, I'm trying to put out there for people to understand is really like we have amazing athletes here we have amazing amazing like breeds of athletes but if they get the right opportunities if they get the right support you will see like our region go to a different level go to the next level of of performance in the performance side yeah Uh, i believe it's a tough journey but yeah. again, as I mentioned a while ago, I think you are the right candidate to drive this forward. I'm serious. It's, <laughs> like, it's, it's really important. And I'm, I'm really inspired because we look into these activities, which talk about the sport, how our kids are related to this journey yeah. and how basically they achieve and how they look into things and yeah. put their mind into. 
I think it's uh, inspired by uh, not only from the west side, also from the local of side. Of course. You have a lot course. of amazing people here. Definitely. That they have voice. Definitely. That's yeah. what's really triggered that. Okay, how yeah. come? And why we're not driving? Yeah. We can discuss about the, the sponsorship it's, from the it's, brand. It's a and the big direction. subject. It is. It's, it is. A, it's, a, it's a huge subject. It includes you know? not only, of course, the, the empowerment. Of, uh, I don't like to use the word empowerment, yeah. but facts first, the bigger picture, which is the sport yeah. itself. The culture of sport and athleticism and then we can break it down between male and female yeah but uh i will not ask you more it's like it's <laughs> i wish you all the best i know that you'll surprise you. us with these activities sarah it's a pleasure it's really a pleasure and again it will not be the last one thank you i'm gonna grab coffee one day yes and uh, thank you very much for coming Thank you. Uh, thank you, everyone, to for I can do it in. with you next time. Yeah, we'll, I'll, we'll I'll be next it. to you and we'll have a host. Yeah, we'll, we can. Have, we'll be we, the host. We, we the can. <laughs> it's like I've been requested several times. You know, I talk, I, I talk a lot. <laughs> oh, it's, it's an amazing conversation. But seriously, uh, some people ask me that someone one day should interview me for nothing. But yeah, yeah definitely. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll interview you. <laughs> we, we'll do one in Arab, by the way. I promise. That okay. But I mean, you know, but my only problem with Arabic is that I don't like to speak other Arabic like dialects and I like to speak Tunisian speak Tunisian and, because and they told me that um, I don't uh, try to to, <laughs> to, to to what to mirror the, 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 okay. the dialect it's yeah. just to speak the Lebanese yeah it's more attractive oh <laughs> but sometimes people don't understand you know our dialect uh, is a, like the North African dialect like Tunisian Algerian <laughs> 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 <laughs>